What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Uh, Let me be the first to congratulate you, Brain. And I want to also take a moment to congratulate the rest of the Miami Dolphin fans listening to the show. I want to congratulate all of you on making it to the end of the 2018 preseason. Well done, everybody. You made it. We did it. We did it. We still here. You got a lot to be proud of. All of you. So much to be proud of. That's right. The 2018 preseason is in the books. And as we record this, all of the teams in the National Football League have set their initial 53-man rosters for the 2018 season, and the preparation has begun for the first game of the regular season. And it's it's a very exciting time because the fake football is over. But the fake football didn't end before the fake Dolphins got a run out in uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium against the fake Falcons. And the hashtag fake Dolphins salvaged a preseason victory a 34-7 win over the hashtag fake Falcons. And, I, you know, typically speaking, that you know, that fourth game is inconsequential except for some roster decisions. And, you know, I, I was going to say it looked like it looked like it was going to be pretty consequential because when Brock Osweiler led the Dolphins to three touchdowns in the first quarter and a 21 to nothing lead at the first quarter of a preseason game against the Falcons, you thought for sure, well, that's the end of David Fales as a Miami Dolphin. Not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso would say. Both Brock Osweiler and David Fales make the 53-man roster. We're going to talk more about the 53-man roster and who got cut and who made it onto the initial 53-man roster for the Dolphins in just a moment. And then we're, of course, going to go through the schedule week by week. The Brain and I are going to give you our picks to determine what the 2018 Miami Dolphins record is going to be. These picks are binding. This is the stuff. Put your money on it. This is it. Bank on it, baby. We're making the picks today to determine what the 2018 season is going to look like for your Miami Dolphins. But first, a reminder to all of you, if you have not done so already, to go ahead and visit or make sure you're following at Same Old Dolphins on Twitter. Make sure you're following the brain at Aaron the Brain. I am at Amplified to Rock. Make sure you're following all of us. And then make sure you go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, write us a lovely review, say wonderful things about us. I don't care if you lie, just make sure it sounds good so that other people can find the program and enjoy what we do here on the Same Old Dolphin Show. Then head on over to SoundCloud, do a search for the Same Old Dolphin Show, and give us a follow over there as well. We appreciate all of your support of our fine program. Brain... Let me get your thoughts on this final preseason game. I thought there were some some pretty interesting things to come out of it. I, I thought, look, Brock Osweiler finally looked good. He was 16 to 25 for 147 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Um, you know, it's pretty impressive showing for yeah, uh, for the man who knocked off the New England Patriots in the playoffs. He knocked off the New England Patriots in the playoffs, or maybe it was the end of the regular season, and it, it it was it was a big win for the Denver Broncos the year they went to the Super Bowl and took on the Panthers. Oh yeah, but Manning definitely played and definitely started in the in the playoff game. Yeah, whatever it was, it was. Listen, <laughs> at the time, this guy was on the top, right? Yeah. He was well, he was he was everybody's bread and butter. That one game got him so much money from the Houston Texans and then it's sort of been a downward spiral from there for Mr. Osweiler. But anyway, this was a good game for him. Right, and this was a good game for the entire hashtag fake dolphins because it this was not a real dolphins game as evidenced by them dominating from start to finish. This was a vintage fake dolphins game. This was there. Everything looked great. And you said, well, where has this been? Well, this is what happens when the games don't count. Uh, Brock Osweiler 
look, he's he's a serviceable backup quarterback playing against a bunch of guys that are probably not going to make uh, certainly not going to make the Falcons roster, and probably most of those guys that were playing defense for the Falcons in that game will not be on any NFL rosters this year. But that said, Osweiler looked good. He he was on the money. He was in good rhythm. He had that sweet back back shoulder throw to Owusu for the touchdown. He looked like uh, he took command of the backup quarterback position. So uh, I thought he looked good. Kalen Balage after not playing for a couple of weeks, got some run, and he looked very impressive, although I don't want to make too much of it because the tackling looked really, really shoddy. I mean, the Falcons made him look like like Christian Okoye in the old Tecmo Super Bowl game. Now, that is a where good reference. Where you just reference. hand the ball to Okoye. That is Okoye. a good, good reference. He would have all those guys popping off him like popcorn. Exactly. You just yeah. you give it to the Nigerian nightmare and you just let him run through and guys are bouncing off and it's 80 yard run. You just hike it to a Koye and you're and you're gone. Uh, that's that's what Kalen Balaj looked like against the Falcons third teamers in this game. Yeah, it was a good showing. A good showing. Again, you don't want to read too much into it, but it was a, it was a pretty positive performance. And, and if nothing else, it, it gave you something good to think about as you lead into the week and a half between that game and the Dolphins' first game of the season. So uh, a very good performance of the Dolphins in their victory in Atlanta. And that leads us to today. As we record on a Saturday evening this week, the Miami Dolphins have cut their roster down to 53 men. And I think the biggest, uh, the most notable item, I think, is the fact that the Dolphins um, made the decision that they were going to keep both Brock Osweiler and David Fales. And to me, this is questionable. Because really, I think if you're depending on either one of these guys to play significant time for the Miami Dolphins this season, probably at that point all hope is lost. Um, and I think, I don't know, my personal preference would have been you let you let David Fales go and you keep a guy like Isaiah Ford around on the roster. Excuse me. Uh, but Isaiah, Isaiah Ford gets the cut and uh, the Dolphins decide they're only going with five wide receivers. They do, in fact, go with the four running backs, Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, Sonoris Perry, and Kalen Balage. And at receiver, it's Danny Amendola, it's Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, Devontae Parker sticks around at least a little bit for now. And uh, receiver number five, who uh, who is the... Um, I, I, for some reason, this depth chart doesn't have that... Okay, we've got, uh, we've got uh, Parker... Uh, Stills, Amendola, Wilson, and uh, who's the fifth guy? It's not here. <laughs> oh, Jakeem Grant. Jakeem Grant, of course. Uh, Jakeem Grant. I don't know why he's not listed at all on the Dolphins. Uh, we are experts on the Miami Dolphins. Listen, listen. I'm looking at the. I'm looking right here at the death chart. He is not listed. Jakeem uh, Grant I, not listed he, anywhere. Maybe because he's injured currently. Could be. Could be. That's the reason. But at any rate, uh, those are the five receivers the Dolphins choose to go with. Um, notably, saying goodbye to Leonte Carew, a former third-round draft pick who just never really produced at the level that anybody wanted from him, and uh, so they said goodbye to him. Gave up a lot of draft capital to move up to get Leonte Carew. I believe. I believe. Two third rounders to move up. Yeah, and one of one of the picks that was given up to bring Leonte Carew to the Dolphins turned into Kareem Hunt. Ooh, ooh, that that hurts. Yeah, it's a it's a stinger. It's a stinger. It's a bad a bad deal for the Dolphins. But you know that's a very same old Dolphins thing, isn't it? Yes, it's a very same old Dolphins thing, and that's what concerns me about them letting go of Isaiah Ford. Is Isaiah Ford going to get picked up by a team that that needs a receiver that's lacking some receiver depth, like, oh, I don't know, maybe the New England Patriots, uh, and does he turn into another Chris Hogan? Is he another uh, Wes Welker who uh, had a good year with the Dolphins and then was traded – for for cents on the dollar, 
and turned into a Pro Bowl caliber player. Uh, it worries me because this was a guy that really flashed over the preseason consistently and in camp. And, I mean, you're talking about keeping a third quarterback on a team that, that really doesn't have very much uh, in the way of postseason aspirations, I guess, you know, don't tell that to the coaches or, or the players on the team, but most expect this team to be at best right around 500. And like you said, if you have to turn to, you know, your second string or third string quarterback for any significant amount of time, it's not going to go well this year. Uh, they might be one of the worst teams in the league if Ryan Tannehill gets hurt and misses significant time. In fact, I'll go out and say it. If Ryan Tannehill misses a significant amount of time, like more than three or four games, this team very easily could be looking at the number one, two, or three pick come April or May or whenever next year's draft is. Ryan Tannehill is the most important piece of this team this season and nothing that I've seen, not even this great performance by Brock Osweiler in this fourth preseason game tells me that their backup quarterback position is going to be competent. I just, I don't think that it will be. I, I don't think that the offense will, will be able to run with any kind of success if it's not Ryan Tannehill under the under center, but look, Adam Gase has worked with Brock Osweiler, you know, in Denver. He he's worked with him all this preseason. He obviously likes him, and he's had some success with him. And he's worked with David Fales elsewhere, and he's worked with David Fales last year on the practice squad. So he's got his familiarity, and so he believes in these guys. I just think. There, there were more important players that were let go in favor of keeping a third quarterback on the roster. I, I would agree with that. Although, I, where I don't know that those more important players were was on the defensive side of the ball, where the Dolphins also had some notable cuts. Kendall Langford just caught, got him, got, found himself caught up, I think, in a numbers game. With uh, some talent on the on the defensive line there for the Dolphins, um, Tony Lippett just I guess just had trouble bouncing back from his injury and was not the answer at cornerback. And I think as we head into the regular season, cornerback I think is probably probably one of the most alarming issues that this team has at the moment. Um, the cornerbacks are Xavier Howard, Tory McTire, Bobby McCain, and Cordrea Tankersley. Tankersley has not looked good in this preseason. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see the Dolphins maybe make some kind of waiver wire move here um, in the next 48 hours here after the end of cut day to sort of strengthen their cornerback position because I don't think it's a stretch to say that somewhere in the NFL surely – Somebody is cutting a cornerback that might be a good fit for this Dolphins team. So wouldn't if this team, I think there are probably some moves to be made by this Dolphins team. And I think the most consequential area where they could improve, albeit probably marginally at this point in time, would be the cornerback position. Brain thoughts on the cornerbacks and other uh, the defensive cuts by the Dolphins. Yeah, there wasn't a lot. Of notable defensive cuts. I think Tony Lippett was the biggest one because if you remember last year, the Dolphins went into last year's season thinking, or at least into training camp thinking, we've got a really good potential cornerback rotation between Xavier Howard and Cordrea Tankersley and uh, the guy that they signed. Uh, what was his name? The the guy that they signed uh, at the like right in the middle of training camp, right before the preseason, and Tony Lippett, whatever. Oh, uh, Alteron Werner, Alteron Werner. Oh, Werner, between, yeah, that didn't yeah, that didn't work out. Right, and now what you've got, what what ended up happening 
first all, first of all, Xavier and Howard didn't have a great <laughs> first half of last season, but Xavier and Howard seems to have come out of it and looks like a stud. Great. But none of those other guys seem to have panned out. Obviously, Lippitt had the injury, and then Tankersley has been disappointing, and Werner was disappointing last year. So now Werner is gone. You were the the expectation was that Tankersley was going to take a big step up, and you were going to get Lippitt back, and that was going to give you more uh, confidence in this position. And none of that happened, and now Lippitt is cut from the team, and you're now relying on Tory McTire, a second-year undrafted guy who, granted, uh, has you know come up serviceable in some spots uh, where he's been asked to play in some nickel-and-dime coverage, and he has played well at camp, and he's played well in the preseason, and he certainly earned himself a roster spot, but you're now going to be starting him on the outside, just a complete unknown, really completely unproven starting cornerback. And then Cordrea Tankersley, who, you know, what we know is that he hasn't been very good. So it's a very, very shaky, very shaky cornerback situation. I will say the saving grace, they've got some really great depth at safety. So maybe they can make up for that with their safety play. But cornerback definitely an area of concern, and uh, you're right. I fully expect them to to find someone um, off the scrap heap, somebody that got cut from some other team, maybe somebody who, you know, it wasn't even so much about their play, but more about their their contract. Maybe it just wasn't worth it, um, or he got beat out by a younger guy. Maybe they find a veteran who is serviceable that 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 can they can fill in there. Um, and then linebacker is also a huge concern. Look, the linebacking situation, uh, that's been one of the stories of the entire preseason is been the disappointing play of Raekwon McMillan, uh, the up and down play of Jerome Baker. We know from what we've seen from Kiko Alonso that he just kind of is what he is. Uh, he's going to flash it sometimes and he's going to get burnt really bad at sometimes. Uh, he just kind of is what he is. Stefan Anthony. Had an interception in this last preseason game, but he's been, you know, a, pretty much an unproven commodity and and a guy that was given up on by the Saints and probably a guy that really only has a starting spot here by default because the competition isn't there. Uh, you got Mike Hull on IR, Chase Allen, you know, is just a backup. It's a really bad linebacking core, uh, the hope is that there's still room for growth there between Jerome Baker and Raekwon McMillan and even a Stefan Anthony who hasn't had a, a ton of playing time, that these guys could potentially grow into their roles. And even if they aren't very good at the start of the season, they could get better. But I think this is also a, a position where the Dolphins are going to need to uh, try to find somebody off the scrap heap. But the problem is, is that when you're finding people off the scrap heap at this point after preseason going into the start of the season, it's very rare that you find that diamond in the rough that's going to make a significant difference for your football team. It just, I mean, sure, what it sure, reminds absolutely. me of it is last year, you know, when you were, I mean, granted, it was a little bit later. It was like two weeks into the regular season when. Uh, you know, Lawrence Timmons had the whole AWOL issue and then he got suspended and we made the trade for Stefan Anthony. Well, now, lo and behold, Stefan Anthony has managed to to earn his way up to the starting spot uh, at weak side linebacker or, or strong side linebacker. But what did he do last season? He was a ghost. He barely played. So it's going to be difficult. Anybody that you add at this point is probably you're just adding for depth unless you make a bold trade. And I don't know that the dolphins are in a position to make that trade because you're not, you're not in a position where you're in win now mode. So I think you just gotta, you gotta ride out with what you got. Maybe you pick up a couple of guys. If you think they're a good fit and they're an upgrade on what you have, and it doesn't cost you too much, but I think by and large, they got what they got and it's going to be a shaky 
situation at linebacker and cornerback. Yeah, it's uh, we've we've said it before in this podcast. I think there are going to be times this season where this Dolphins defense gets torched. It, there are going to be big. They're going to give up big chunk plays, and uh, particularly probably to tight ends. It's it's going to be rough. There are going to be some rough stretches this season for the Miami Dolphins. I I don't think that's going to be a surprise to anybody. Um, finally, as far as the depth chart goes, I want to talk a little bit about special teams. Jason Sanders is set to be the the kicker for the team, so he beat out Greg Joseph for the position. And then uh, got to give a shout out to John Denny, forty years old, fourteen seasons in the league. John Denny coming back for another season as the long snapper for your Miami Dolphins. John Denny, the GOAT. Best in the world. What a great player. You think John Denny is a Miami Dolphins, like at least a Miami Dolphins Hall of Famer, like they put his name up there on the, uh, what, do you, what I don't know what they call that. The Ring of Honor? The Ring of Honor at Dolphin Stadium or whatever it's called now. Joe Robbie Stadium. I think for a long snapper, you got to play till 50. Oh, so he's got to play 10 more years. Yeah, it's going to be tough. That's I mean, he, look, he he's a Dolphins legend, but there are Dolphins legends that aren't on that ring of honor. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't think uh, – is Pete Stoyanovich on there? I don't think so. I don't believe Pete Stoyanovich is on there. Of course, Pete Stoyanovich, you know, missed a, a pretty crucial playoff kick. So yeah, that, he, he, that he really cursed himself there. But then again – Let's see. He's is, is Dwight Stevenson on the on the Ring of Honor? Oh yeah. I mean, Dwight Stevenson. He's a Hall of Famer, isn't so, he? I think yeah, that he is. He is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, he and, did and it. And a matter of fact, I, great story. I met Dwight Stevenson. Oh, li- really? Yes, and it was it was pretty good. Um, the year that the the Sperano year, the year we made the playoffs, uh, a buddy of mine. Hashtag field goals. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Rest in uh, peace, a buddy coach. of mine Rest in peace. Uh, whose whose parents had season tickets invited us out uh, to uh, to a Dolphins game. It was the the game against the 49ers, I believe, a little bit late in the season. Uh, and they had pregame. It was the it was the Natmore barbecue and. All of the Dolphins legends were there, and at halftime, they were retiring uh, the jerseys of, uh, it was two of the killer bees. One of them was Baumhauer, and I, I forget the other one. It might have been Berzinski. I'm not sure, but it was one of it was one of the it was at least one or two of the killer bees that they were retiring their jerseys at halftime. But pregame, they had the Natmore barbecue and you had all these Dolphins legends that were there in their fancy aqua sport coats and were having, uh, you know, and it's like a buffet and you've got barbecue and Jim Jensen is uh, is playing pool. Jim Jensen. Yes, playing pool. Crash. Uh on the on the little Fisher Price three in one tournament table that they had set up. Wait a uh, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on a second. You mean to yeah. tell me the Miami Dolphins this is at the stadium. This is at the stadium. I mean, Presumably granted, in outside. the club section. No, this was uh this was at the lower level terminal. They had uh kind of they had it like gated off. Okay, but, but it's at the needed- stadium. It's at the stadium. And they decided what we really want is to have some pool. We want, to, we want people to play pool. But they couldn't like get somebody to sponsor them and, and provide an actual pool table. They used the Fisher-Price 3-in-1 ping-pong table, air hockey, billiards table. I'm not going to say that 100% that's what it was, but I'm I'm fairly certain that that's what it was. It was not a regulation size this pool is, table. That's tremendous. Yeah, and I mean, Earl well, and then Noel, and then the idea that Jim Jensen was was using the cue, that's phenomenal. Yeah, and I mean, I got a picture of Jim Jensen, and he looked like you know he was probably six or seven beers in. But anyway, we're we're going through the buffet, and then. Who's right next to us, but Dwight Stevenson, and we're like, "Hey, Dwight Stevenson!" And we go to sh- we go to shake his hand, and he has this moment where he's got nacho cheese on his fingers. Oh my god! 
and you see that you follow the thought process. He doesn't. He's got a plate in one hand. He's got nacho cheese on on his fingers uh, with his free hand that he's going to go to shake our hands. He knows, okay, well, I can't shake their hands with the nacho cheese fingers. For a split second, you could see he's thinking about wiping his cheese fingers on his nice sport coat. You can't do that. So he's like, hang on, guys. I got to get some napkins. Get some napkins. Wipes off his nacho cheese fingers and then shakes our hands for a picture. So that was the Dwight Stevenson story. Dwight Stevenson, the GOAT center of all time. The Natmore Barbecue. I mean, one of the best times ever. The Natmore Barbecue. Oh, well, I'm glad that he can put on a barbecue because he's sure terrible in the broadcast booth. But Yeah, he's not he's not great in the broadcast in the broadcast booth, but he I, I kind of thought that he was the the shining star of that trio between him, Greasy, and Dick Stock and Dick Stockton. Oh well, Dick Stockton is like the dirt worst. How does this guy have a job? This guy does nationally televised sporting events. He's grandfathered in. Oh God, unintended. He's unbelievable. He's yeah. He is that generation of sportscaster that just need to weed those guys out. Need to weed those guys out so you get some more knowledgeable guys in there. Anyway, unbelievable. Great story about Dwight Stevenson and the nacho cheese fingers. That's, that's phenomenal. Tremendous stuff. Um, Brain, any other last thoughts from you on the 53-man roster? We're moving forward into the regular season. I don't think there's too much more to say. I, look, the, there were a couple of players that, that you could argue could still be on this team and a couple of guys that you could argue they should have uh, let go of, but... Pretty inconsequential as it usually is. Not too many huge decisions. The team is what it is. I think we should focus on the regular season. Yeah, it's typically speaking, you're not winning or losing too many games based on those last couple guys that make your 53-man roster. Okay, here we go. Into the regular season. We're going to go game by game through the schedule. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna go each matchup by matchup, and we're gonna give our thoughts for what the Dolphins are gonna do in that in that game, and we're gonna go through the season and figure out where the Dolphins are record wise when we get to the end of the 2018 season. Are you ready, Brain? I'm ready. Let's do it. And I'd be very curious for those of you listening at home as you go game by game. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, of what the Dolphins record is. So don't forget, tweet at us, at Same Old Dolphins. Um, head over to the Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins, um, and, and give us your thoughts over there. We'd love to hear what you think the Dolphins record will be in 2018. We'll I'll go ahead and put a post up there on the Facebook page as well so that you can comment and find us easily. Here we go. Game one, Sunday, September 9th, 1 p.m., Hard Rock Stadium, Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans come into town to take on your Miami Dolphins. Brain, is this a win, a loss, or a tie for your Miami (laughs) Dolphins? You know, we played them last year, and it was a game where the Dolphins won. It was one of their few wins last year, and it was a game that that kind of could have gone either way, even though the Dolphins looked like they dominated at times. They still... Uh, had the benefit of a couple of of really big momentum changing penalty calls. Wasn't that, didn't Mariota not play in that game? And that's right. And Mariota didn't play in that game, and the Dolphins' defense looked great. But that said, Mariota, even when he did play last year, did not play well. And the Tennessee Titans' offense this preseason, they they've changed philosophy. They're trying to go. Uh, a little bit more exotic and move away from the the smash mouth offense that they've been the last couple of years, which frankly I thought suited them and suited what they were doing. And they were, I mean, they, they made the playoffs out of that. Um, I don't really like what what's going on in Tennessee right now. And with the game being at home opening week, call me crazy, call me a homer. I think the Dolphins are going to start the year one and oh. I'm going to be honest, Brain. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think Marcus Mariota could cause the Dolphins some problems because they do have problems with an athletic quarterback like Marcus Mariota. But 
I uh, I think it's a home game. It's a new season. Tanny Hill's going to be all fired up at home in front of the Hard Rock Stadium crowd. The Miami Dolphins are going to be 1-0 after week one of the NFL season. And that's going to lead us to week two, where the Dolphins make their first trip to the Meadowlands to take on Sam Darnold and the New York Jets. You know, you're playing a rookie quarterback. Granted, it's it's in the Meadowlands, where historically the Dolphins have struggled. And this is not a particularly good Dolphins team, so I could see him. I could, I could very easily see them winning uh, a game against the Titans that, that many people will pick them to lose. And then after winning that game, many people then jumping on the bandwagon and picking them to beat the Jets and them losing. But I kind of like them to beat the Jets. I think the Jets are going to struggle for the majority of this year. I like Sam Darnold, but I think they've got problems on the offensive line. I don't think their defense is particularly good. And I think it's going to be a struggle for the Jets to really find themselves especially early in the year, I think the Dolphins are going to start 2-0. and I'm tempted to agree with you. But at the same time, I feel like this is one of those games where you might see a, you might see a Quincy Anunua, Robbie Anderson, Bilal Powell, Isaiah Crowell. We might even bring back Matt Forte and let him go crazy against the Dolphins. I, 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 maybe Boomer Esiason will come out. I'm not feeling good about this. I feel like Dolphins at Jets. I hate the Jets. Hate them with everything inside of me. But I think the Dolphins are going to go to New York and drop the game in week two. Dolphins fans will be flying high after week one. Think absolutely going to go beat the Jets. Hate the Jets. But come home very, very sad after losing on the road in the Meadowlands. The Dolphins drop this one and fall to 1-1 one and one on the regular season. The following week, the Dolphins will return home to welcome John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders, who no longer have Khalil Mack. They traded him and a second-round draft pick to the Chicago Bears for a pair of first-rounders and I think think like a six-round pick thrown in there as well. Um, But John Gruden and the Raiders coming to town to take on the Dolphins. I feel bad about this one, too. I just, I got a bad feeling. I got a a bad feeling that, like, this could be Derek Carr and his fancy eyeliner going crazy over the Miami Dolphins and Amari Cooper having a big season. I I think a big bounce-back season for Amari Cooper this year. Marshawn Lynch is a big physical running back, and the Dolphins are going to have a hard time with him. I think the Oakland Raiders come into Miami and defeat your Miami Dolphins, and the Dolphins fall to one and two. Yeah, I, I think back to the game that these two had last year. It was uh was it a Thursday night game? It was the the first game after we traded a Jai and the offense looked pretty good. You know, you got to see Drake and, and Damian Williams catching a lot of balls and and the offense moved the ball, but the defense had absolutely no answer for for Derek Carr. And I think this is a better Oakland offense this year uh, they had a lot of injuries last year and they go out and they I mean they lose Crabtree they bring in Jordy Nelson who may or may not be done uh, and also Martavis Bryant uh, Marshawn Lynch uh, looks- they uh, they actually just waved they released Martavis Bryant uh, today Did because they? they released him because he's facing another suspension. So they've they oh, okay. have released Martavis so Bryant. So the Raiders have lost two pieces, a piece on offense and a piece on defense. Well, that's interesting. That said, um, the Raiders have a great offensive line. Uh, I don't think the Dolphins defense will have any answer for Marshawn Lynch. And I picked them to start 2-0. and <laughs> I, I, I really would be shocked if the Dolphins started 3-0. and I look at those first three games and I, I say, look, you got two of the three at home. I don't have any of those three teams making the playoffs. And I see it as a golden opportunity for the Dolphins to start at least 2-1. and That's what I think they're going to do. So being that I picked them to win the first two games, I'm going to say they lose the home game against Oakland. Or... 
is it Oakland or is it L.A. or it's Las Vegas or whatever? Whoever it is. I think it's either way. Yeah, it's L.A., the L.A. Raiders. I think I may have said it's the, they're not Vegas yet. Either way, it's the Raiders. And either way, the Raiders. I think we're both picking the Raiders to defeat the Miami Dolphins. So I've got the Dolphins at one and two. You've got them at two and one. And uh, they're traveling next to Foxborough on September 30th to take on the New England Patriots. And look, this is certainly a weaker New England Patriots team, at least on paper, than the team that went to the Super Bowl last year, at least on the offensive side. Their wide receiver cores is, is, is a mess. Um, you know, the running back situation is more or less what it was last year, although they just cut, they released Mike Gillisley today. Well, they've um, got uh, so much depth at running back. Yeah, they've got the running they, back situation. They, tra- they used a first-round pick on Sony Michelle. You still got yep. Burkhead there. You still got James White there. They also picked up Jeremy Hill. Yeah, I mean, the, the Patriots are good in that department. So while their wide receiver core is not gr- not great at the moment, it's still Tom Brady. It's still Rob Gronkowski. It's still Bill Belichick. I just don't see any way that the Dolphins in week four are going into Foxborough and getting a win at this point. So uh, I'm putting the Dolphins at one and three following their loss at New England. They're definitely losing in New England. I mean, short of short of breaking out something. Unless there's another wildcat game. Yeah, exactly. They're they're not winning this game. So uh, you've got them at one and three. I've got them at two and two. And that leads them to an interesting game in Cincinnati where they will take on Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I'm high on the Bengals this season. I don't know that I'm high enough on them t- to see them win the division, but I think they're they're going to be in that conversation. They're going to be in that playoff push there. They're going to be in that group of, of teams fighting for those two wild card spots. And I think they're going to produce... I think they're going to produce, and they're going to produce at a level that is that the Dolphins are not going to be able to handle. And I think this is going to be a big year for Tyler Eifert. I think it's going to be a big year for Giovanni Bernard and Andy Dalton. Is- Giovanni Bernard, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's happening. We're going to have a big year for Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton is well, – he's, he's a quarterback who's – He's like he he and Tannehill are sort of in that same category, right? Exactly, exactly. I, and I think uh, I think this is going to be a positive year for Andy Dalton. So I think the Dolphins are going to come up short in this one as well. I think the Dolphins drop to one and four following their trip to Cincinnati. I am not high on the Bengals. Um, I I could see the Bengals being a playoff contending team because it wasn't too long ago that they were consistently a playoff team for for about a three four or five year stretch there basically I think Andy Dalton's first four years in the league I think they were a playoff team um but I'm not I'm not real big on them they they lost a lot in the offensive line going into last season and you saw the difference that that made in Andy Dalton Andy Dalton is a is a decent quarterback, but like you said, very similar to Tannehill. And I would say the difference between Andy Dalton and Ryan Tannehill over their careers thus far has been that Andy Dalton for the majority of his career has played behind a great offensive line and has had an elite wide receiver in AJ green. And those are two things that Ryan Tannehill has never had. And Sit with that offensive line uh, having having their issues last year and it not really looking like it's going to be much better this year, I don't know that this Cincinnati offense is going to bounce back. I, I do think they've got some talent there, uh, John Ross. Uh, and if you, if you can get Eifert healthy to play more than a handful of games, he's certainly a weapon that makes a difference. He could certainly be a difference maker for them at tight end, but I'm not big on, on the Bengals. Uh, certainly Joe Mixon, a, a talented running back, but if he's got no room to run, you know, it doesn't matter how talented he is. And defensively, it's a defense that, that took a step back last year as well. 
and I don't know how much better it's going to be. So I think the Bengals are are in a very similar situation to the Dolphins. They probably get a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt because they've been good more recently. Uh, but this I see is kind of a a coin flip kind of game, but it's in Cincinnati. Um, so I'm going to give the Bengals the benefit of the doubt. So I'm going to have the Dolphins lose their third straight after a 2-0 and start and have them fall to 2-3. and Next up, the Dolphins return home to face the Bears. Mitchell Trubisky, Khalil Mack, and the Chicago Bears. A lot of people high on the Bears. Bears are uh, There's a lot of excitement around the Bears this year. Um, I do have some Chicago connections, so a lot of Chicago-based friends. And, and the buzz is much more positive this year around the Chicago Bears. That being said, I'm not sure that even, even with the big sign, the big trade for Khalil Mack, I'm not sure that this is a Bears team that is really quite ready for prime time yet. And I think they can be gotten at. And I think in week six, the Miami Dolphins are going to get at the Chicago Bears. Oh, they're going to get got. And those Bears are going to get got. And the Miami Dolphins are going to improve to two and four. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm. This, this is a stretch here where they've got these back-to-back home games where I've got them at two and three going in. And this is kind of a spot where you... Y- they could play well and they could win a pair of, of winnable games at home and they could kind of get themselves in the conversation going into, you know, getting into that midway point of the season as a surprise playoff contender. Or it's a spot where they could lose a, a, a pair of winnable games at home and you say, OK, this is a bottom five team in the league. And I really don't know which way it's going to go. But the this game against the Bears, having lost three straight uh, after winning two in a row, I'm not sold on the Bears. Uh, I, I am sold on their defense. I think their defense is going to be really good. And you add in Khalil Mack, uh, I think it's a really good defense. It, it's potentially a top five defense, uh, which really makes them dangerous because they've got a solid running back. They've actually got a solid tandem of running backs in Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. The question is, uh, is Mitchell Trubisky and a receiving core that is less than impressive, but headlined by Allen Robinson, who just a couple of years ago was very impressive, but is two years removed from being, or really three years removed from being a number one wide receiver. Uh, They also have Trey Burton, uh, who who may be in for a breakout year as well. Uh, But I'm not a big believer in Mitchell Trubisky, Mm. I I like the Bears defense too much. I, I think the Bears defense will give the Dolphins enough problems and they'll run the ball against a, a weak Dolphins uh, uh, run defense. Give me the Bears. So both of us have the Dolphins at two and four after six weeks of the season. Yes. The Dolphins stay home. They take on Matt Stafford and the Detroit Lions. I think Matt Stafford is a... Listen, I think he's borderline elite. He's in. If hey, he's not he, in, so I talked you down because you, pre-show, you yeah, pre-show, pre-show you had me in you're elite. like Matt Stafford is an elite quarterback. He's quietly an elite quarterback. I don't think so. You talked me down. You talked me down. He's elite adjacent, and but either way, he's a very good quarterback, and he's got a very good wide receiver core, and Matt Patricia. I feel like he's the kind of guy that's going to know how to beat the Dolphins. He's got that New England pedigree. And I think the Lions are going to come into Hard Rock Stadium and get a victory over your Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins are going to fall to 2-5. and five. And I think the Dolphins are going to get off the schneid and get a win against a Lions team that I think is just, you know, a middle-of-the-road, mediocre team. They've got a good quarterback. They've got some nice weapons. They don't have a lot on defense. They do have a nice corner in in Darius Slay, but there's not a lot there. I think the Dolphins can move the ball on them. The Lions, the one thing that they don't do well offensively is run the ball. Um, So I think that that plays into Miami's hands. Uh, Now, they did draft 
Carrion Johnson, um, who at this point in the season, you know, when you get into that midway point in the season, he might have our at this point uh, taken over that running back job and he might be the real deal. And if that's the case, well, then, you know, come come that time, I may pick the Lions to win this game. But from where we are right now, I'm picking the Dolphins to get a win and get themselves back to respectability, inching close back to 500, three and four. Very good. Following that game against Detroit, the Dolphins travel to Houston to take on Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Uh, Listen, it's a Thursday night game. It's a Thursday night game as the road team. That usually is in and of itself enough to to bet against the Dolphins in this game as the road team on a Thursday night is always having a tough time. But then add in the fact that I think this is going to be the year maybe where Jadavion Clowney and J.J. Watt actually stay healthy. Deshaun Watson is a big athletic quarterback with a heck of an arm, and I think he's going to give the Dolphins a very hard time. I just don't know how the Dolphins are winning on a short week on the road against the Houston Texans. Dolphins are losing this one, and uh, after eight weeks... This Miami Dolphins team is two and six. Yeah, I I actually am really high on the Texans this year. I think they're going to win that division. I think they're going to be they're going to be battling with Jacksonville to win that AFC South. But I've actually got Houston is winning that division. I agree with you. This was a team that was absolutely riddled with injuries last year, so people forget just how much talent they have there. Um. On the offensive side of the ball with with Watson and Hopkins and Fuller and, you know, even Lamar Miller, who's not great. And Deontay uh, Free, uh, Deontay Freeman, who who isn't that great when Deshaun Watson was playing and chucking the ball downfield, those guys played well. And then the talent that they have on defense, if Clowney and Water healthy. Uh, yeah, I really like the Texans this year. And a, a Thursday night in Houston, Texans all day. So you've got the Dolphins at 3-5. and five. I've got them at 2-6. and six. They come home for a home game against the Jets. And I think this is where the Dolphins are going to get another win. Uh, they're going to get this win over the Jets. Uh, sort of splitting the series here with the Jets. And uh, in this home game, I think the Dolphins get the win and get the record up to 3-6. and six. Uh, yeah, I picked them to win the game in the Meadowlands. They come home. Um, at this point, I think at this point in the season, I think the Jets are probably a little bit better than they will be at the beginning of the season. Uh, but at this point, I don't think the Dolphins have, have given up hope. And as long as, you know, both, all things being equal, everybody being healthy, which, you know, we never know at this point, you know, when we're projecting the, the entire season before we even play a game. We don't know. But if we can't take any health into concern, I like the Dolphins to win a home game against the Jets. So I, I have them going up to four and five there. All right. I'm at three and six. You're at four and five. They, they, uh, they then travel to Green Bay to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the same kind of talent around him on offense that he used to. But he's still one of the greatest quarterbacks in the game today. And I don't think the Dolphins are escaping this one with a victory. I think they're falling short down to three and seven. Yeah, they're not going to win in Lambeau in November. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to have his way with this with this cornerback uh, situation. And uh, yeah, it's just that simple. The Packers are going to win. So that puts them down. Uh, for me, at four and six. And that takes the Dolphins to their bye week. In week 11, they get a nice late season bye week for a change, which is kind of nice. Well, they were going to have a late season bye week last year, but then Hurricane screwed everything up. As of now, it doesn't seem like that is going to happen, but let's knock on wood and, and uh, hope for the best. So after a, a bye week, uh, the Dolphins will head to Indianapolis to take on Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts. And again, this is a great quarterback, and the Dolphins struggle against great quarterbacks. And I think they're going to struggle in this one, especially on the road. I think they'll leave, they, they lose again, and the Dolphins fall to 3-8. and eight. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, this one could go 50-50 for me. Um, the fact that they're coming off the bye uh, makes it a little bit more – makes me want to pick them. The fact that Indianapolis looks just dreadful in the trenches at offensive line and at defensive line, uh, I don't think they'll be able to run the ball. I really like the matchup here. And with the Dolphins coming off the bye week, I'm I'm picking the Dolphins to win this one. And I've got them at five and six. All right. Very good. Well, then the Dolphins come home. And the Buffalo Bills come to visit. A first game against the, the Bills. They wait until late in the year, all the way until December, before they have their first of two December meetings with the Buffalo Bills. Um, this is a Buffalo Bills team that does not look particularly good in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the team is a bit of a mess, probably, presumably at this point. They will have gotten their feet under them, at least to some extent. Um, but I still think the Dolphins are a better team, at least right now, than the Buffalo Bills. So I think the, the Dolphins at home will get a win over the Buffalo Bills, and that will move their record to uh what is that that would be that puts them at four and eight for you four and eight four and eight so the hope of finishing 500 is still alive and i've got them getting to 500 i've got them going to six and six winning a home game against the buffalo bills it you know i can see it going either way all of these games where i picked the dolphins to win just understand that there's no game where I look at it as and say, oh, that's a game where the Dolphins win. There are a lot of games where I look at it and say, well, there's no way we're winning that game. There is never a game where I can look at it and say, well, there's a one that you could just chalk up a W. Uh, but that said, I think playing the Bills at home, give me the Dolphins and put them at 6-6. Six and six. You've got the Dolphins at 6-6. Six and six. I've got them at 4-8. and eight. And here we go into what is a pretty brutal stretch run for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, their next game is, against, is at home against the New England Patriots. Now, historically, Tom Brady struggles in Miami. He does not, it is not a good place for him to play football. But I don't know if I'm drinking enough Kool-Aid to think that the Dolphins are earning a win, even at home. Against the Patriots, I just I just can't I just can't pick them against this New England Patriots team, especially when there are four games left in the regular season, and the Patriots are probably still going to be uh, still with a lot to play for at this point. I'm thinking the Dolphins drop this one at home, and the Dolphins fall to four and nine. Yeah, I mean we're we're due for a, a win at home against the Patriots pretty much every other year. We won the game last year, which is right around the same time of the year as this game. Um, I don't think it's happening this year. Uh, I think New England has it pretty easily. Dolphins lose, and I've got them down to six and seven. All right, three games left. Next up on December the six, or I'm sorry, yes, December the sixteenth, the Dolphins travel to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Vikings are a very good football team. Pretty solid all around and uh, I just don't see the Dolphins going on the road and getting a win in Minnesota <laughs> so they're falling to four and ten the Vikings are my pick to win the Super Bowl this year um and so with the Dolphins going to Minnesota in the middle of December I think they're going to get blasted uh, I don't think there's a shot in hell of them winning that game I look at this schedule and I and I say that's probably the between that and at Foxborough. I would say those are the two games I would I would be most shocked to see the Dolphins win. So I've got them losing this one and falling to six and eight. And then they come home for their final home game of the season against a man I once declared a future Hall of Famer, Blake Bortles. Well, he's got a new contract. He does have a new contract. I just don't. I, I think at this point I'm hereby revoking. My statement that Blake Bortles is a future Hall of Famer. I, I don't think I don't believe that any longer. However, I always have a soft spot in my heart for Blake Bortles. Hashtag charge on. Hashtag go Knights. 
And the Jacksonville Jaguars are a very solid football team that is going to come into Miami and ruin the home finale for the Dolphins. Dolphins are going to drop this one and fall to, uh, what is that, 4-11 and 11 at this point. That's where you got them. You got them at 4-11. and 11. Yeah. You know, I, I'm shocked. <laughs> you said Kenyon Drake's gonna gonna have 1,500 yards rushing and 15 touchdowns. I don't know how this team is four and eleven. Do you remember uh, how? Do you remember how much I had had to drink before we recorded last week's episode? So are you saying now that you don't believe that Kenyon Drake is a game changing talent? I'm not saying that. He's certainly a game changing <laughs> talent. I just don't know. I, listen, I'm just going game by game here, and I'm telling you what I think. What I think the results are going to be. Fair, it's fair. Uh, I don't think they're beating Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is one of those teams that that similar to Minnesota, not with uh, as explosive in an offense, but similar in style with just a great defense. Wants to run the ball. Will run the ball against the Dolphins front. Uh, even at home uh, in December, it's it's all about running the football when you get into December, and that's what Jacksonville does well with Leonard Fournette. Uh, J- Jaguars win, Dolphins fall to six and nine, and that takes us to the season finale. Dolphins on the road in Buffalo, December thirtieth. Listen, I, I don't think the Bills are a very good team, but the Bills are closing off their season at home. They're not going to the playoffs. It's going to be cold. It's going to be it's not going to be a good weather situation, and the Dolphins traditionally don't play very well in these situations. So I think they drop the season finale on the road against Buffalo and finish the 2018 season with a record of 4-12. and Wow, that is incredible. Now, uh, I tend to agree with you um, that they're g- not that they're going to go 4-12. and I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Certainly wouldn't be shocked if they went 4-12, and but... Uh, I don't think they're going to go four and twelve. Um, six and nine going into the last game of the season. This is one of those times where you're you're six and nine. You're not playing for anything, and you go into Buffalo, and Buffalo is probably going to be in a similar situation where you're playing really for draft position. And the Dolphins, the same old Dolphins thing to do would absolutely be to win this meaningless game and cost themselves probably three or four spots in the draft. But that said, I agree them going into Buffalo at the end of December. Buffalo going to have a rookie quarterback in at that point, going to be playing for the future playing for that continuity and building something. Whereas I think at this point, the Dolphins will be just playing out the string. So I believe the Bills will win and the Dolphins will fall to 6-10. and 10. And there you have it, folks. The brain has the Dolphins finishing 6-10. and 10. I have them finishing 4-12. and 12. It's a pretty rough situation for the Miami Dolphins. I, I want to just say, I think the floor for this team is actually probably lower than that record. Um, I think the ceiling for this team, best case scenario, everybody stays healthy. They, they manage to find some help at linebacker and cornerback. I think if everything goes just right for this team, they could potentially at best, I think, this season finish it at, I'm going to say at best they could finish 10-6. and six. If everything goes just according to plan and they can eke out a couple of close ones, um, I think, and everything goes right, this is a team that finds themselves probably finishing at 10 and 6. But like I said, I think the floor, Tannehill gets hurt. Um, things don't go well. The linebacking core is exposed. The cornerbacks are exposed. Um, and, and things fall apart. I think you could see this team very easily. I think it's not unrealistic to say that this Dolphins team could find themselves competing for the number one spot in the draft next season. Um <laughs> That yeah, I'd say if it, I'd say if Tannehill got hurt, I could see it. If Tannehill's healthy, I don't think they're that bad. Uh, I, I, if Tannehill gets hurt, I think their backup quarterback situation being what it is, I could totally see them being one of the worst teams in the league, and I could see the floor being right around four and twelve. 
maybe even maybe worse. But yeah, probably, I think, I think right, it could I be think worse. Prob- I, I don't know. I mean, four and twelve is pretty terrible. I'm not saying they're going to be worse. I'm saying that you know, listen, if something happens and the bottom falls out, this yeah, is a I mean, I could, suppose this is a team that could find itself having a very hard time winning football games. I think you could say that though. Like, I mean, when you really talk about floors and. Like, you could say that for a lot of teams. I mean, look at the Colts when Peyton Manning was there. Every year, playoffs and competing for the Super Bowl. And Peyton Manning gets hurt, and they go 1-15, and and they get the number one pick. Now, granted, look, Ryan Tannehill is not Peyton Manning. He's not going to have that effect on the team. But what I'm saying is is that there are a lot of teams in this league that if they get key players injured, the floor can be extremely low. And so, yeah, look, Tannehill could get hurt. They could have a couple other guys get hurt, and they could easily be a 1-15 team. I'm not going to disagree with that. But if, if they don't have any major injuries to key players – I think four and twelve is probably the floor of the team. Absolutely, absolutely. I, 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 I mean, listen. I mean, I, yeah. I think if they stay healthy, you're right. Four and twelve is there. But I mean, a couple of key injuries: Kenyon Drake goes down, Tannehill goes down. I mean, you're not changing games if Kenyon Drake goes down. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't. Your game changing back is literally hurts. But uh, you'd be unable. You'd you would. That's right. You would you would be relying on some on hashtag the unable one instead of hashtag. Which would, the, is that what we're gonna call Frank Gore? Uh, I'm well, gonna, maybe I'm Frank gonna, Gore should be the disabled one because he's a little old. I'm gonna I'm gonna withhold judgment because I believe <laughs> you know Frank Gore. We we I think we mentioned this last week or the week before that Frank Gore could come out and and produce some things for the Miami Dolphins, but he also might be another Arian Foster where it's just maybe he has one good game and then. That's all he's got left in the tank. But he could be like Mark Henry, and he might still have a lot left in the tank. So we'll see what happens. And they'll interview him at the end of the game, and he'll be like, that's what I do. That's right. And he's going to say, welcome to the Hall of Pain. And my welcome friends. to Jurassic Park. That's <laughs> uh, bum, 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 bum. Anyway, that's going to wrap us up. For this week, here on the same old Dolphin Show. Hey, the next time we come to you, uh, what do you think, Brain? Are we going to be able to get get together to do a preview show before next Sunday? I think we could. I think uh, I think we should. Yeah, I think we're going uh, to try to. I think we should definitely do one uh, and and try to get it up on Friday if we can. Um, if not, let's get it up on Saturday so it's at least there. Uh, you know, the day before the game. Listen, if there's one thing that the people have heard about the same old Dolphin show, it's that they'll get it up. So we'll make sure that we get a show recorded for you and get it delivered to you in time to preview the Miami Dolphins' first game of the season, a home game against the Tennessee Titans, uh, a game in which both the brain and I have predicted the Miami Dolphins are going to win. So it's a pretty positive thing. Uh, As we wrap up here, brain, tell the people where they can find you. And find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. And of course, you could find me on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. You should follow the show. Again, another reminder at Same Old Dolphins. Download, rate, review, subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show on Apple Podcasts. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, we hope that you will leave us a nice five star review, even if you have to lie. We hope that you'll subscribe to the show. Leave us that nice rating. Leave us the review. Follow us on SoundCloud. You can also find us over there. And, of course, the, Dol- the same old Dolphin Show is always seeking uh, partners and collaborators and, and, and uh, websites that would like to work with us. So if you've got a website and you would like to welcome the same old Dolphin Show to your family, hit us up. Send us a message. We'd like to talk to you. We'd be happy to do so. Anyway, next time we'll see you. We'll preview the uh, game against the Titans. But until then, for Aaron the Brain, this is Amplified to Rock. This is Josh. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!